Echo's Box Podcast is not meant to be or claiming to be a good place for therapeutic advice. The host is not a licensed therapist and is not offering any services or advice related to mental health in a professional manner. The content discussed on Echo's Box is commonly highly explicit due to the real nature of expressing honest emotions. While we don't mean to offend anyone, the reality is these discussions might be triggering to many people. Out of respect for all, please do not listen if this content isn't right for you, and forgive us if you have a poor experience. Keep your brain healthy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Echo's Box. This is episode seven, and we are going to be talking about uh, relationships today. Not just dating, uh, all kinds of relationships and and just different perspectives and experiences, Uh, but we will get a peek into my dating life. I feel like this will be a a nice relatable episode for for some people, hopefully. Um, But anyway, that song that you were just listening to actually isn't even a real band. That was just two of my other buddies. They made a project back in like 2013. It was just really one of the guys... uh, and he made this little band called Never Endeavor, and that song was called Sea Snakes, but that was like just a kind of a one-off thing. He was just trying to release some cool music, and that song honestly was dope. When that came out back in 2013, uh, it was on repeat, even though it was like my friend's song. Like, it was just, it was good. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't honestly know what I was going to do. This this whole episode is going to be totally off the cuff. I've not scripted out any outline or any notes, and as a result, I didn't know what song I was going to pick to match, so I just remembered that song. I was like, oh, do a nostalgia throwback i can i can do that safely without <laughs> getting sued unless uh, my buddy seth wants to sue me but you know i think we'll have bigger issues then <laughs> but uh yeah i mean the song is still dope go check it out like i said never endeavor see snakes but it's not really a band there's no, no more music coming out from that so don't don't look out for that but uh toby rose is the one of the main uh producers like that was his song so if you like that song keep an eye out on whatever other stuff he does in the future as far as i know he's still doing music um but anyway, uh, yeah, today's episode, like I said, is going to be relationships. And like I said, it's kind of off the cuff. I've been having a really rough um, weekend again, honestly. I, this seems like a recurring theme. Anytime I go out and do something extravagant, I feel like I always come home with some something negative just kind of looming over my shoulders. And I'm never really quite sure how it got there or where it came from, because as far as I know, that's not what I'm putting out there uh, to other people. At least I'm, I hope not. Like that's that would be totally out of character and and out of my intention. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that because that's going to relate a little bit to kind of how I got to the conclusions I came to. But I've kind of stopped being okay with not um, addressing different negative emotions. So, like, I guess I've stopped being okay with not being okay, but not really. Like, it's important to not feel okay. That is also a valid emotion, and that'll kind of be part of what we talk about. But... um, you are they're your emotions and i am tired of not being in control and so that kind of comes back to like things like anxiety or depression and intrusive thoughts like the things that are really difficult for me just because of my brain chemistry and my experiences uh, i'm trying to fight that a lot harder i'm really sick of it uh, and it's driving me up the wall and i know it's it's not going to be perfect i know i'm not going to get rid of it i know it's going to take a lot of energy out of me and you as y'all illustrate uh what's what's been going on with me you'll see how just how draining it can be but i would almost rather be drained from fighting it than drained from experiencing something i don't deserve to experience so i don't know i'm still learning but i think uh, even though I'm figuring out that dynamic with my own mental health, there are still some fundamental truths that I have acquired from that, that even if I have a hard time internalizing them, that doesn't make them any less true. Um, so yeah, the the kind of idea for this came because I've been kind of wallowing in my shit all weekend, and I, I kind of looked at myself and was like, man, you've been through way worse stuff. Why are you, why are you wallowing in this? Why are you letting this feed on your energy that's not okay uh so we're gonna get a little spiritual in this episode so if you're not comfortable with that feel free to tune out uh, uh but honestly it's hopefully it'll make sense in terms of just general psychology but i'm going to talk about it from my own perspective and, and what i 
kind of experience of practice and kind of how I, I got the conclusions that I got and where, where I'm coming from and all this. And of course I'll boil it down back to, uh, I guess, quote unquote reality in layman's terms. But, uh, it's important for me to emphasize that this is the path I took to get these conclusions, but it's also important to emphasize that this is not the only path to take. Uh, you can get this without any spirituality as well, which is kind of why I'm documenting it here. Um, so for a while now, I have been recognizing how bad my clinginess uh, in terms of like anxious attachment is. Like, I'm not a very clingy person. Like, I don't need to be around you all the time. And this, uh, again, and I'm, I'm extracting, well, you'll know what I'm talking about, uh, the difference between dating and romantic relationships and like friendships. So for now, just abstract it. It's all relationships. Doesn't matter if my mom, my my significant other, my friend, my dog, doesn't matter. Uh, we're talking about all of it now, and I'll, I'll break down the specifics as we go. But what I've kind of uh, learned is I have a, a problem with anxious attachment, and I don't need to be around people all the time. I'm totally content with being alone. In fact, I almost prefer being alone most of the time, not not because I enjoy loneliness. In fact, I, I really hate that, but because I am just an independent person. I get along just fine by myself. I like to have others around because I love people, but I don't need it all the time. Uh, but what I do have is kind of this feeling or what I used to have, and this is something I'm proud to say I've conquered this very successfully. Um, I used to have a really bad sense of anxious attachment. And what that was, was basically uh, I would want other people to constantly affirm that everything was okay that they were going to come see me or that they were going to do whatever it is they said they do or they were going to communicate with me during the day or text me or whatever. I used to have caught like the, with my, my, uh, with the, uh, ex I have my, my previous significant other that I've talked about before where we dated for eight years. I used to always want to be talking to her and, uh, throughout our relationships, she reciprocated that really well. And, but what happened often is when she finally needed a break, I'd freak out. Like I'd be super anxious and, it wouldn't make any sense. Um, and back then I didn't see it that way. Now I'm like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. Like, why did you feel that way? What was, why were you so anxiously attached to that communication uh, medium? And why were you so attached to things always being a specific way and not, I, I basically was, I was totally averse to change. I didn't want to experience anything that felt uncomfortable and that like if I wasn't talking to the person that I loved I I felt uncomfortable and a lot of that eventually boiled down to just not caring for myself and depression and so I'm feeding a, basically being an energy vampire off of of the people I love getting my happiness from them and draining them and ultimately that's why that relationship failed and I learned not to do that not to be that person because it's not who I am or who I want to be um but it, it gets more complicated than that because it also pertains to like expectation setting, right? So like if I have the expectation set that I am going to see a certain person on a certain day or I've been texting somebody all day and then suddenly they stop, I used to have this problem where I would get really confused. And you see a lot of like in modern culture today's different memes and TikToks and videos and shorts and whatever that's like uh, people joke about this anxious attachment. So this is not a, a concept that's unique to me. This is a concept many people feel, and I'm sure some of you relate to this, that you've experienced it. And many people kind of brush it off. But um, those who do experience it and don't brush it off, a lot of times they just internalize it. So one, one of two things that I see often is they'll internalize it or they'll lash out. So those who internalize it just sit and wallow in it and feel just immense stress and grief and anxiety until inevitably whatever they were freaking out over either comes to pass or they received the affirmation just in time. It just wasn't on their clock. So they were confused. It's also really similar to another kind of uh, phenomena that I see on, on various social media where it's like, you'll have a skit where it's like, Oh, uh, two people, then it's like a person, their significant other and the cuddling on the couch or whatever. And one of them's really insecure. And the other one's just been showing nothing but love and affection. And the more insecure partner, the more anxious partner uh, pipes up after hours of affection is like, Hey, do you, do you still like me? And it's like, of course they like you. They've been showing you affection for, for forever now, like that they're your partner. But it's that, it's that same anxiety, that same insecurity that drives that emotional uh, palette of sorts to, to where people just kind of fall into it. They keep going back for another taste of being anxious because they don't expect people to, to love them, to care for them, and to... Uh, and basically without it being showed to them, 
they cannot internalize it. And I used to be a lot like that. And um, it, it's it's toxic. You can't be like that all the time. It's okay to feel insecure. And it's okay to need affirmation. That's a completely different thing. And I'll talk about what healthy versions of that look like. But it's not okay to sit there and wallow in it. So that's, the, we'll talk about the negative first and I'll, I'll talk about what a positive side looks like. So again, this is all relationships, not just romantic relationships. But if you're feeling uh, that sense of anxious attachment and you're you're really diving into it and you're one of the people that internalizes it, what you'll do to yourself is drain all your energy because you'll spend all of your time focusing on it, kind of like I mentioned. Uh, and until it comes to pass, you're going to still be drained so even when it comes to pass you're going to feel so much emptier than you did before because all the energy that you received is going to put you in a neutral state again or at best honestly um and uh it's not going to be fully restored whereas if you were already at the neutral state and then you received uh that uh, um, affirmation from whoever the other party is then you'll feel so much better because you wouldn't have felt negative to begin with um another version of this though is like I mentioned uh, is lashing out and this is what I used to do um, and this is these are equally unhealth, unhealthy things but one of them impacts you the other one impacts your partner uh, and so they both are similar because you kind of bottle things up but when you lash out instead of just dealing with it yourself you let your partner know how bad you feel and, and you basically almost gaslight them into to thinking they did something wrong when maybe they were just like busy with work or something like or and sometimes there is something wrong and a lot of the times there is um a sense of intuition that we have as people that 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 anxiety is helpful anxiety does a specific thing for us and anxiety is not a bad thing um and that's something i've only learned recently i was talking about that in therapy this past week but regardless uh the anxiety that we feel in most of these anxious attached cases is more to do with uh, the unknown. Like there could be something wrong, but there also might not be something wrong. And we're just going to pretend like everything's wrong and the world's ending and we really drain ourselves or drain our partners or our, our friends in those moments and it's not healthy to do. So how, how did I get rid of that? Um, I, I got rid of it by experiencing it. So it was very awkward, right? I started talking to this new person that I'm romantically interested in, and uh, I'm still talking to this person. I'll, I'll mention a couple other experiences about them. I don't want to talk about them too much just for their own, own privacy and well-being, but I do want to talk about my perspective and my emotions. So uh, I started talking to this person, and they are just like me. They're very independent, driven, doing their own thing, super smart, super just just awesome like I, obviously i like this person a lot i very very much admire them but uh what that territory comes with is they act how i do now so over the past couple of years i've developed into my personality an importance for taking time for myself and taking care of myself especially with depression uh and when me with me having a hard time really feeling and internalizing the emotions of love even though I have a hard time feeling those things for myself, I still make it a, a large point to take actions that are reflective of what somebody who loves themselves would do because ultimately I get the same benefit out of it. I just have a hard time feeling it. But if I sat there and hated myself, I would get nothing, right? So uh, as part of that, I just ignore people. I shut off my phone sometimes. I don't let people contact me. I live my life and I enjoy it. I go do what I want to do and I do my best to enjoy things. Now, obviously the enjoyment and the depression, that's a whole other Thing. we've talked about how i feel day to day but uh my these are my external actions that i'm really emphasizing here and it's important that i do those things and take that time for myself and breathe i go do my ceremonial magic work i go read a book i go work on music i watch tv i chill with my dogs just whatever it is that i am supposed to be doing that i know i should do i do that and i put down the phone i disconnect from everything around me and i go and take care of it and i always feel so much better just in my headspace knowing that those things are done uh, and sometimes I'm busy too. Like sometimes I'm just busy with work or I'm in meetings or I had plans and I'm talking to people or I'm trying to be present. That's a big thing for me, uh, especially with the constant disassociation is if I'm at a concert or a party or at a friend's house, I like to be fully in the moment. Rarely do I even pull out my phone anymore, take pictures, which often I, I do tend to regret cause I would like the memories, but, um, that's just cause my, my brain kind of sucks and, and doesn't like to remember good things, even though I, I do remember it. it's not like it's gone. But it, that's just difficult for me personally. 
Um, so yeah, I, I tend to be like that. And she is exactly the same way. Like she, for example, she's been working all day today and she texted me this morning when she got to work, just sent a picture of her work. And, uh, that, that was kind of it. I know she's read some messages throughout the day. Uh, but still she got, like I've sent her random stuff throughout the day, just casually communicating, but I don't expect a text back. I don't expect anything. And, uh, but that's not how I started. Right. So, I started off and I've been in relationships before this one. Like I said, this is, we're still exploring what the hell this, this relationship is. But, um, in like with people I've dated before, uh, my last significant other, she also was often very busy and distant and that turned into something, uh, less healthy, but she suffered with depression, uh, like I did. And, as a result, she took time to care for herself with that. And so she was kind of the one that first roped me into this uh, release from anxious attachment, uh, anxious attachments, because I would be able to find comfort in the fact that, hey, this is my partner and we've committed to each other. I don't have to think about anything else. I don't have to worry about uh, if, if they're texting me right now or not or what they're doing. As long as they're safe and happy, great. If they want to talk to me, they'll talk to me. And hopefully they do want to talk to me because they're my partner, right? But we don't have to talk all the time every day. That's not that important. Um, what is important, though, is how I handled it. So at first, I was very, very anxious. But then I remembered how that went with uh, that the other partner that I had. And uh, I hated it. I was like, nope, I'm not going to treat this person like that. I need to uh, learn from my mistakes and treat these people how I would want them to feel like how I just positively give them the space they need. Because if I had given my, my other partners that kind of space, they, they probably would have left with much less worse of a taste in their mouth uh, for that, that person I was. And I, I f- need to better forgive myself uh, for, for those kinds of things, because I was only aware of, of what I was aware of. I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. And even though it was bad and it's wrong and I need to accept responsibility for those actions, I also need to be kind and still love that, that person, even though I consider them kind of dead to some extent, because they are at least on a, a philosophical level, I am not that person. So, um, but I don't want to hate any part of me either because that was me at one point and the only reason I got to where I am is because I learned from who I was so that that's just critical for me so when I was analyzing that and trying to have a healthier relationship moving forward um, I took a really tough approach I'm not necessarily recommending this this is just what I did and it ended up working for me so I just dove head first I was like okay I feel anxious right now let's go and and address that. So what I did to address that was go and sit down with my thoughts. And at first I started to journal. I was like, okay, I feel anxious. You know, I'm just acknowledging the feeling. I am experiencing this feeling of anxiousness and attachment uh, issues. And I'm, I'm really living in it, but I'm not going to text my partner. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to text any friends about any of this. I'm not going to reach out to anyone, not because I don't want help, but because I shouldn't be feeling this to begin with the, what the anxious attachment I'm feeling is unfounded. It's not off of any intuition. It doesn't make any sense. And I shouldn't be feeling it. It is a toxic trait that needs to be rid of from my personality. And so I took that very seriously. I just sat down and said, all right, let's feel it. Let's feel anxious. Why are you feeling anxious? And it, after time of just sitting there and asking myself, why do you feel anxious over and over again and letting myself feel the anxiety flow through me and be anxious and just tossing my phone to the wall and, and sitting there and, and whether I had to cry or, or be frustrated or whatever emotions came along with it, I let them come and I let them pass. And then at the end, I felt real silly because once all the anxiety was out and say my partner would text me back or something, I'd be like, oh, see all that, how all that anxiety was for nothing. See how that was not a, a useful way of using anxiety and how toxic that is. Yeah. I, and I laughed at myself. I was like, that's ridiculous. You're acting like a child. This is not okay. Like it, when you don't understand what's going on in the world, that's one thing. But my current awareness is that of someone who does very much understand that other people have lives and emotions and have to process things on their own. And I am more than aware of that. And I'm extremely self-aware of that of myself. So why am I still feeling this residual toxic trait? And so at the end of all that, I would be like, okay, well, obviously it's ridiculous. So let's stop. And then from there I transitioned into meditation and I did some, uh, what we refer to as shadow work, which is uh, at a psychological level, 
Uh, it's just addressing aspects of yourself and kind of trying to orient them. Now, what that looks like in a, in a spiritual mindset is I, I sit down and I meditate and then I call out an emotion that I am uh, experiencing or I want to deal with. It's kind of like talking to yourself, but you're isolating the emotion and talking to yourself not in a crazy way. Like it, It's like you're thinking. It's like if I were to sit, think, and mull over the concept of sadness, for example. That's all I'm doing, but I'm doing it in a more conversational way. So I sit down, I meditate, and I, I get to a point where I say, okay, I want to talk to the part of me that is anxiously attached. I want to talk to that trait and figure out what the hell is going on. And so I kind of call it out of me and then I sit down and I acknowledge, hey, this is part of me. I love you. It's okay. You exist for a purpose, but let's be in control of what that purpose is. And so I had to sit there and kind of reflect for a while. And what that looks like for me and what that ended up being is, uh, recognizing that anxious attachment and, and this is true of all of of all the personality traits any emotion you have can actually be very very toxic if you are not using it how either a it's meant to be used in nature or b how you want to use it for yourself and your own intentions so this thing was controlling me but it's part of me so that's not okay it doesn't get to have full control it needs to be loved and nurtured and be part of me not in control of everything else because if anxious attachment is what i feel when does sadness get a place when does happiness get a place when you all need to be working together this is my personality my emotions my mind it is all me so if something's out of line i need to address it and get back in line because we're complex organisms you know there's a lot of shit going on in our brains and our bodies physically and mentally emotionally uh, it, it's just it's all over the place so when one thing's out of whack it can be detrimental sometimes and it's especially true with thoughts and emotions so i i would sit down and i did all that and at the end of it what i realized was talking through and thinking through that emotion i needed to learn what that the purpose of that emotion is what is the purpose of anxious attachment because it actually does serve a purpose so and this is where i'll get to here's the positive side of that so healthy anxious attachment often looks like an intuition from uh from acknowledging things that seem kind of off that should make you make you anxious and i'll talk a little bit about more anxiety in the eventual anxiety episode i'll do so this will this will kind of be uh or i'll kind of repeat some of what i'm talking about today in that and go a little deeper but when you're talking about the anxious attachment stuff specifically anxiety as a whole serve does serve a valid purpose it sometimes is makes great sense to be anxious about something that is anxiety driven like it's like if, if you're about to experience something kind of scary and or something you're nervous about that even though it may be positive anxiety is normal it's just there to let you know it's like hey it's kind of a big deal and we're letting you know that's a big deal and this is your body uh, acknowledging that this to you is something that's important and so you're anxious about it feel the anxiousness and then kind of try to go and do the thing that is a healthy form of, of anxiety a healthy form of anxious attachment in that same vein then would be hmm my partner seemed really sad today and they're not communicating or my friend hasn't spoken to me in like days or or my family is acting real weird to somebody like there's a there's a external circumstance going on that you can observe at a factual level even if it has nothing to do with you even if there's nothing going on um then it makes sense to be a little bit anxious and want to get communication. This is mo most common, honestly, in friendships and relationships. Like if your partner seems off and they're not talking to you about stuff, you'll feel anxious and you want them to communicate. Now, what you shouldn't do is go back to the toxic thing where you're like trying to force them to communicate. You make them feel bad or whatever. What you should do is probably give them a little space and then let them know, hey, I see that something's kind of off here. I'm acknowledging that this is weird and it's it's kind of anxious and it's it's not okay. Like there's something negative going on here, but I'm not going to press you. I don't know what it has to deal with, but I want you to know I'm here and acknowledge it. Take your time. And then you leave them alone. And when they want to come talk to you, they'll come talk to you. And I had this experience just this weekend. Um, I went to uh, a rave with, with the, the girl I'm talking to and a bunch of her friends. And I thought we had a great time. But at the end of the night, um, we... We all kind of, well, not all of us. There were, there were two of us that, that seemed like we were still vibing and doing okay. But uh, especially her and one of her friends, they were kind of seeming kind of melancholy and uncomfortable. And at one point she communicated and said, hey, I, 
I need some like space. I'm feeling uh, overstimulated. I was like, oh shit, yeah, of course. Um, but after that, uh, I gave her a hug and I went home. They they left and we all went our separate ways. But then the next day, she let me know. It's like, hey, um, I want to let you know that I'm uncomfortable. I don't know how to talk about it and, and all that. But I, I went all day without hearing anything from her and I knew something was off because the, the energy was bad and you know the vibes are bad, whatever you want to take it. From a spiritual perspective, I knew something was off just because that is how I perceive things and, how, and the lens I view the world through. But and the point is you can just look at people and know that uh, something seems kind of negative or wrong. And I, d- I didn't know what it had to deal with. So I was anxious for a bit during the day, but then I realized, hey, this may have nothing to do with me. I, I don't like seeing her sad, but it doesn't mean that you did anything. And when she eventually let me know that she was feeling uncomfortable and something was off, I, I still, to this very moment, and this is why like, I don't want to get too personal because we're going to talk and figure things out and it'll go and be how it is. But I still don't know if it's anything to do with me or something minor to do with me or another dynamic of other uh, people who were who were there and present. For I, God, Lord, if I know. But for a while, the anxiety was kind of eating me alive again. And I had to look at myself and be like, uh-uh, no, we don't need this. And here's kind of my point with that. I'm describing a lot in the context of like a romantic relationship, but what's happening in those moments, and you can abstract this to just like a stranger you met on the street. Say you go and you talk to somebody and say you are giving them nothing but positivity and goodness, but maybe something you said or did, even though it was not your intention to be negative, came across the wrong way. Maybe a gesture, maybe the, the, topic rub somebody maybe they're like you could maybe make a bad joke that was in good and in good faith and and how people will then respond is they will then respond in either a negative or positive way now when people respond in a positive way then you they've reciprocated energy back to you for you to continue responding in a positive way when they respond in a negative way they have now uh projected onto you this negative energy after you projected positive energy onto them now there's an imbalance that's what we call discomfort so uh but what you have to do with discomfort is not internalize it you need to take a responsibility for your actions you need to be situationally aware you need to be direct and ask hey what did i do wrong like let's correct this because i was i promise i was not trying to be negative now if you are being negative that's that's on you you need to take responsibility for that regardless but even if you're being positive you need to take responsibility because their emotions are just as valid as yours however you and them both deserve to wallow in some kind of discomfort it there it's discomfort because it it's desiring a natural resolution sometimes the resolution is just walking away and letting go some people don't want to resolve things and at that point there really is nothing you can do it's just going to be uncomfortable and you then have to go ground yourself and there's mechanisms and ways to do that whether you're spiritual or whether you could read a book or whether uh, you decompress some way that that's what that is those kind of tools and ideas are for but otherwise uh, the discomfort flows and it's being projected onto you. So you absorb that. And even if it's sensible, like even if it makes sense, it's still not comfortable, but you don't deserve uh, to feel that way permanently. And so, for example, when I was feeling anxious about uh, after she kind of communicated her discomfort level and I still kind of don't know what's going on, I, was, I started spiraling. I was like, oh, shit, what did I do? Did I was I dumb? Did I do something like I drank too much and said a bad joke Did I, I remember at one point I brought her a drink and it was, it had like Sprite in it. Neither of us really drink soda, but I, I didn't know what to get. And everybody said, surprise me. I was getting drinks for multiple people. I made a dumb mistake. So like I started spiraling over that. And like, honestly, if she was pissed at me because I got a bad drink, then, uh, then that's just not a healthy thing for her to do either. So I had to like, kind of let that go, even though I feel so empathetic and bad that I did something bad. I have to like, come on, man. Like if that's, if that's driving things up the wall, that's not okay to begin with. Um, but then there's like other things like, Oh, well, well, were there, did I communicate to somebody or was I around when she was trying to have a conversation with somebody? And then I butted in that, did I not read a social cue correctly? It was very hard for me to wrap my mind around what I could have possibly done. Cause I'm very, very, very self-aware and very, uh, it's very important to me to care for all these people and, and just, be empathetic and understand what's going on and not cause problems because honestly all the people I was with all the friends she introduced me to they were fantastic I loved being with them I loved dancing with them I loved talking to them and having conversations I I could cry right now honestly that's how um, 
much fun I had with them. And, and so that's why it made me even more anxious and sad to learn that uh, some of the people felt uh, negative after and I don't understand quite why. <clears throat> and like I said, still might not have anything to do with me for all I know. Uh, but I wallowed in it for a while. And at some point I had to be like, hey, um, you cannot sit here and feel negativity that is being projected onto you when you don't even know what the cause is. Because here's what's going to happen. And this is going to be a universal truth. If anybody ever has a problem with you and it's not resolved and you're letting it rot you from the inside, then you're missing the the whole like how how things work in general. So like, for example... It's not like I'm never going to see this person again. We're going to talk about it at some point when they're ready. So I can either, I can make a choice now. I am holding on to this energy that's been sent to me. What I can do is throw it away and not care, which could be right in some cases. That's important with grounding and all that. Uh, two, if I, if I am not certain what to do with it, I can kind of hang on to it and be aware of it, but not take ownership of it because it's not mine. Now, once I learn more about the situation... I can now understand why that feels so discomfortable or, or negative and take ownership and responsibility over any actions I had to contribute to that energy coming out. Cause it didn't come from nowhere. They responded that way for a reason. Um, but you need to understand why that is. So that way you can take responsibility for your actions in that and dissolve the discomfort. And so that's kind of like in my specific situation, it's kind of where I'm at. I would rather hang on to this a little bit and, figure out what's going on, figure out if there's anything I contributed to in a negative way that I did not intend to correct that because that was, would not be okay. Especially when knowing what my intentions were and knowing where my actions and where my head was, I feel confident that I definitely did not want to make anybody uncomfortable or out of place on purpose. In fact, that's why I was happy to buy people drinks, walk them through the crowds, trip sit, whatever. Like I was off with, with four different people at any given time, whenever it was requested. Now I did want to be around her. So I prioritized her whenever I could, but she often asked me, Hey, will you take care of this friend? Or Hey, and, and I was more than happy to, I, those people were, were beautiful, beautiful people. And I am so happy I was present for them. Um, and so that's why like, I have that attitude about all this and I know what my actions were. It's not like I was totally fucked up and acting like a weirdo. Um, but there could have been subtle things that I missed. And why would I be expected to know those things? How could I have known things without better communication about those items? And so I can take that information now and wallow in it and be uncomfortable all day. Or I can say, okay, well, this is how they felt. This is my perspective on this. I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to hang on to this because this person is important to me and I want to make sure their emotions are validated and understood and any wrongdoing is corrected whether I did anything or not. I want to be there for this person. So that's the choice I'm, I'm choosing to make in this specific context. Um, but that's true of the stranger on the street too. Once they fire back whatever that information is to you that's negative, you hold to that now and then now you can go and ask the same questions. You can be like, hey, uh, did what I say like offend you? you know, what's what's going on here? And then you can take ownership and apologize if it's something that needs to be apologized for or reconcile if it's something you can discuss and communicate and come to a resolution to. There's not It's not black and white. There's no one answer. It's all different emotions. It depends on the energy. I'm talking about uh, something that's just generally uncomfortable and causing anxiety. And also there's like attention of uh, and fear of like this relationship type thing that I feel personally that's kind of on me uh, a little one-sided in a way because uh, nothing's being communicated. So that that's like a recent event, right? But I've had uh, other events like that that have occurred where, and I remember my, my previous partner and I all the time would, would have the those toxic moments. And when I think back to them, I can see just how dismissive I could be at times, even though that wasn't my intention. I was so caught up in how anxious I felt that I wanted to be cared for first and even if we did get to, to her stuff, which most of the time we did, um, it was only after I felt okay. And that's very selfish. And I, I don't like that. So um, when, it, when it comes to uh, things like family, though, I would often feel guilt or fear with actions I would take that I know they wouldn't approve of. And, and as I got older and became an adult... And uh, we're kind of moving on from uh, anxious attachment. I'm, I'm bad at transition. Now I'm just talking about general dynamics of relationships. So like, for example, uh, when I was a kid and I was getting taught that 
I don't know, uh, something like weed is bad. Don't ever smoke weed. You're going to become a pothead and lose all your brain cells and, and, and live off of couch hopping for the rest of life or be homeless. You know, all that was coming from my family. And then now I'm an adult and I've, I've used it and it's like, Oh no, that's not how that works at all. Uh, at least not for me. And it's, it's going pretty good. But if they were to, uh, listen to this podcast, which if you are, Hey, it's on the internet, you're allowed to, I don't really care what you think now, but that's my point in the past is I would have cared. I would have cared a lot and it would have eaten me alive. I wouldn't have wanted to talk about any of the stuff I would have had to keep to myself. And what that does for me personally, or what that used to do was let me not be me. I didn't get to be my full self. I didn't get to be true to myself. I couldn't find myself. That's a joke a lot of my friends make now whenever we like bring up old pictures of me. It's like, yeah, that was Casey before Casey found Casey. (laughs) He actually found himself. And, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm not whole, I'm not perfect, but at least I, I can confidently say I'm on the right path. Cause even if this current personality dies off and I move on to the next, it was a stepping stone. It was part of it. Uh, but you know, we get there when we get there, but, uh, I did, I didn't have that at first. I didn't, I didn't find myself. I didn't know who I was or what I wanted out of life and what to enjoy. And when I eventually found myself, I would realize things like my family's opinion, especially as a grown ass adult doesn't matter. Uh, it only matters what I think and feel. Now that doesn't mean their opinions don't matter at all. If they have an opinion on something that resonates with you that you agree with, then cool, incorporate that. But a lot of my family has a lot of ways of thinking and opinions and actions they like that I just grew out of. I don't see things the same way they do anymore. And that really can ruffle the the feathers of the family dynamic a little bit when you start bringing up these things that they're kind of averse to uh, versus things that uh, you're okay with. So I just, instead of bottling it all up, now I just accept it as it is. And if I, I purposefully don't go looking for conflict right so i don't like go up to my family and be like yeah i'm gonna smoke a blunt after this you know that'd be stupid <laughs> it, but but if they were to ask i'm also not gonna like hide it unless i just don't care to have that conversation which usually that's that's the thing is i'm not hiding anything i just don't want to talk about it because i feel like i'm about to be berated that is a valid thing to be concerned about because you're protecting yourself but otherwise i'm not worried about their judgment i'm not worried about a judgment of my character or having to impress them or do anything about or make any changes, I am just worried about the confrontation at this point because that that is just a, a an unhealthy response for them to do, and that's not on me, that's on them. Um, so that's how like the the family dynamics work. But like with friends, for example, uh, it's it's also pretty similar. What I've experienced, well, I say it's also pretty. Similar. All of these things are exactly the same thing. We're just talking about different emotions and uh, scenarios that that we go through with all this. So I remember back when my uh, eight year relationship ended, uh, one of my friends and I kind of had a falling out because of how he was treating her and treating me. And I started treating him pretty badly in return. And, um, and neither of us really deserved that. Uh, but tensions were high and emotions were confusing and I wasn't the person I am now. I was still killing off that person that ending that relationship really started the death of the person that, that I used to be. Um, but as a result over the years, especially with like the pandemic and not talking to anybody and being kind of isolated, um, that friend and I uh, just grew apart. We didn't talk anymore. And then as things kind of started to come around, we started talking again. And I had this incredible, incredible fear that I would not be accepted, loved, or even liked by all those old friends I had. So I kind of purposely avoid, and I still avoid some of them because I still kind of hang on to that fear just a little bit and I'm working on it. <laughs> um, but I think it's just residual because what I've experienced at this point I can tell that fear that that that's not valid. And if it is true, if I'm not accepted, then that's good. I need to know that so I can move on and be myself. So like, yeah, I'm working on it, but at least I know the answer. <laughs> I just don't fully feel it all, all well-rounded yet. But like it, 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 the reason this fear crops up is because these friends were friends with the person that doesn't exist anymore. And so when they come back, it's like they're meeting a whole new human being that they think is the person that, that they used to know. And so they're, they often treat me the way they used to treat me. They use the same language. They use the same uh, mannerisms. They use the same kind of uh, attitudes and, and, and different means of physical responses and actions, like whatever it is, they, they would use all those, but I don't necessarily vibe with that anymore. That's not who I am. That's not how I speak. That's not how I act. That's not how I think. Um, it's completely different now. And so all I can do is when they present that, 
is essentially gen- gently remind them that that's not who they're talking to now. And I don't do that being like, oh, that's not me anymore. What I do is like, say somebody asked me about, um, you know, what I think about my, let's, yeah, let's do a dark one. Let's, let's go dark. What do I think about my ex? Um, not, not my most recent one, but, but the one that I always bring up that I always go back to, which I apologize. I'm so sorry that I keep talking to you about stuff, but you know, trauma's trauma. <laughs> I mean, no ill will. And that's exactly what I'm trying to illustrate here is that in the past, I would have described to people that she is somebody that I love and care for and would be up in arms at any negative thing that would come across the table. Now, my perspective is, is if somebody says something negative, I kind of let it go because they're allowed to have that opinion. I feel differently about her in different ways. Now I still think she is a wonderful person, um, but right now there's no place for her in my life and uh, no place for me in hers, and that's fine. Um, and, and I don't really have any desire to, to be around her in that capacity, um, I, but I would be, if, if I ever saw her again, I'd be completely cordial and caring, and if she ever needed anything, I would be more than happy to, to oblige because I think she is a wonderful person. Um, and I think uh, that of all people now, and that's kind of my shift in perspective is that they're trying to trauma bond essentially. And I've moved on. <laughs> right. So like they're trying to come back to where we left off and I'm like, no, nope, I'm kind of over that and focusing on these new people. Like, I, like I've got this really beautiful new friend that I'm, I'm pursuing and I think she's great and I'm happy about that. Uh, and I like all the friends that I'm making along the way through all of this. Like, why would I be holding on to such resentful feelings and and it's the same thing with some of those friends too that same friend i had a falling out with i i I resented him more than i resented that that ex-partner for a long time because that was my best friend i was like damn dude how did you drop the ball and then abandon me for a year just like she did um but it's more complicated that's always more complicated than that and that's the thing i realized that a lot of others around me don't think or it's not that they may not think that through their own lens but they don't think that i perceive the world that way because they don't know they hadn't been around me and uh when i start acknowledging it's like oh no we're just people on a fucking floating space rock doing our thing and i know it's a hippie take but like we're just we're just here like i don't want to hold a grudge against anybody i don't want to feel negativity i want to let all that shit go like i want i want to feel it like i want to experience it it's valid and that's the that is the thin line that we get so caught up on as as humans is that we need to feel angry but some of us or not some of us all of us we hate discomfort we don't like being angry we don't like being sad we don't like being negative in any way but the reality is there's no such thing as a negative or positive emotion these are connotations that we put on them based on how it makes us feel to experience things and that's because a lot of the times it's out of our control and so that's what i've been working on so whether it's anxiety sadness loneliness loneliness was a big one that i had to deal with just the other night i was like why do i feel so alone and I was just, I feel drained and, uh, I didn't really want to text anybody, but I also didn't want to not talk to anybody. So like, I just kind of chilled out for a bit and just meditated, relaxed. And then when I came out of it, people were messaging me and I was like, see all that for nothing. People will want to talk to you when they want to talk to you. And, it, and it's like, part of it's like almost the residual trauma of stuff like anxious attachment where, where you're doing that. But for me particularly, that that instance was loneliness. So doing that same kind of exercise, whether you, you participate in the spiritual practice and you do actual shadow work or if you just are dealing with your psyche and trying to address your emotions at a practical level, it, it's all fundamentally the same goal. It just kind of depends on who you are and how and what lens you view life through, right? So I, I really am hopeful that a lot of the anxiety and a lot of the loneliness, a lot of the, the quote unquote negative things that I'm feeling by continuing this practice the same way I got over the anxious attachment stuff, I can get over some of the more negative aspects. Like for example, loneliness is a bit more complex for me because it is a symptom of my depression. So I don't just get rid of it. However, I can be in control just like I am with the anxious attachment. I can use it as a tool because it's okay to be lonely. Right now, I'm alone. I'm in my office recording a podcast, podcast, a poor cast, a poor podcast, a poorly written because it's not written at all podcast. Um, I'm, I'm recording this podcast and I am alone in my house. No one has texted me for hours. Nobody's contacted me for hours. I did see my friend earlier today and we had a good time. Same friend I was talking about the Fallen Out. Let's see. Everything's going pretty, pretty good in a different direction. These are all retrospective things, by the way. Uh, there have been recent things, but to me, anything I'm putting out there is because I've dealt with it. 
right? I'm not, I'm not trying to drum up drama or cause issues or whatever. I'm just talking about experiences that I've made it through successfully because that is what provides the value. If I haven't made it through it yet, then we're just kind of talking about bullshit and gossiping and that's not cool. Um, but yeah, I'm alone now and it's objectively lonely. That's a fact. And what loneliness serves its purpose as an emotion is to let you know that you're alone. It's just like a, Hey, you're alone right now. It's not supposed to be a bad thing though. <laughs> but, but we immediately interpret that as a bad thing for many of us. Some people like being alone, so not everybody, but in my case, I've been alone for so long, all of my life in my own mind. And that loneliness for me doesn't feel like just a physical loneliness. It's a mental loneliness of not being understood. And I've talked about that before. And, uh, the, but that's not the purpose of what loneliness does. Loneliness is there just to be like, hey, you're, you're alone. But my loneliness likes to be like, hey, you're alone and you suck and you're always going to be alone and you're alone and not understood in your thoughts and all that kind of stuff. So what I'm trying to take a different pro- approach is to say, hey, loneliness, you're valid and I want you to be part of this ecosystem that is me, that is my emotions. And I want to be able to feel lonely in a healthy way, but I am so sick and tired of being lonely on a level that is hurting my brain, that causes me to not move, that causes me to overthink. That is not okay. We have to stop that. I want to love you and integrate this into my body and be lonely when it makes sense to be lonely. Same thing with anxiety, same thing with sadness, because all of these emotions are good. Every emotion we experience is a good thing. And, and good is even subjective. It's just a thing, honestly, because I'm, I'm putting the same connotation in the reverse. It's, it's just a thing that we should be experiencing. It's part of us. It's not good nor bad, but it's important to experience all of it. But the, it, there can be healthy and unhealthy. I think those are maybe the terms we should use when describing how we're addressing these emotions because the emotion itself, all of them are healthy. How we interact with them or how we respond to them or how we're experiencing them can be healthy or unhealthy. I think that is a better way probably to to go about differentiating those things so i am tired of an unhealthy loneliness in my life i want a healthy loneliness so that's the path i've kind of started on with that similar to the anxious attachment now that's going to be a lot harder for me with depression but i can at least put my headspace in in an area where i'm acknowledging that hey we've talked about this in my head <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy by the way if you haven't, haven't quite figured that out yet <laughs> but uh no in all seriousness um yeah it, it's it, you have control over it uh is kind of my point is that i am talking through this problem of loneliness with myself and i can then call out and say okay we've talked about this good loneliness or healthy loneliness is this unhealthy loneliness is what you're experiencing so let's mark that as unhealthy loneliness and at least even if i can't get out of the thought loop i can tag that as what it is and when i can finally breathe again i can let it go and then come back and try again so even though it'll be a little bit harder with some emotions for me than others uh, it's still valuable to do because you can't get a grip otherwise so that's kind of what i'm experiencing here lately is a lot of Honestly, it's growth. It's really good uh, things. But to get there, I have to challenge this notion that some of these emotions are bad rather than just experiencing them for what they are and and incorporating them into my life. So I'm really hopeful as I move forward, whether it's the romantic relationship I'm currently pursuing, whether it's how I deal and talk to my friends, whether it's uh, just anxiety of the world with its work relationships with coworkers, uh, any of that. I want to be able to, whenever I get that feeling of anything discomfort, that that's just not comfortable. If it's any ounce of discomfort, I want to be able to recognize what that is and call it out immediately. Because for example, it's like, say this weekend, if I had taken a different approach, when I noticed the discomfort, if I had addressed it quicker and been like, Hey, I see it. Don't have to talk about it right now. Here's what it is. It would have been so much easier and I would have been so much more at peace in myself through the weekend because I would have known, okay, there is a thing going on. It has been addressed at least tangentially. And uh, I can never say that word, uh, but I'm not even going to try again. It's been addressed just in general and I can kind of wait for whatever the next step is and then let everybody else mull over their emotions because while I've been sitting here talking about all this stuff, guess what? The other party that's been experiencing these emotions also has to go through the same thing I'm talking about where they have to figure out why do I feel discomfort? Because it's a two-way street. You're not the only one feeling uncomfortable. 
they are too. And so they have to mull over their emotions and figure it out because at some, sometimes I'm guilty of this for sure. Sometimes I will feel uncomfortable and it's not justified. And so I'll feel that discomfort and I'll be like, Hey, I need some space. Something's off and I want to blame the other person. So I project, but then I have to reel back a little bit and be like, Oh no, there's no reason for me to really be upset about this. It was uncomfortable. I don't like that it happened, but it's also kind of not a big deal. And I kind of understand what this other person was coming from. So I'm going to let it go and, and resolve that. And that can, that people are going that process and that can take minutes and it can take weeks. It depends on how complex the situation is, right? So it's important to give both parties that space, but what's, it's also important to do is acknowledge that there is an issue so that both of you can then give each other the respect and space you need to deal with it and then come together to talk about it when it's time. Now, when you're talking to the stranger on the street, hopefully that's immediate. If not, you should probably walk away. You don't know the person. Don't overexert your energy on them, even if you want to love them. Uh, if they don't want it, they're not going to be accepting of it. But otherwise, it'll resolve pretty quickly. So with a friend, uh, you know, maybe be pretty straightforward. I, I treat friends and partners the same because my partner always will be my friend. So honestly, when it comes to uh, friendships and partnerships uh, in a romantic sense, they, they, they bleed the same line. I like to be very direct and loving and, and kind and empathetic to those people because I love them. They are everything to me. The only difference between my friend and my friends and my romantic partner is one I do romantic stuff with, but both I do friend stuff with, but I love them all the same. I just prioritize one because that is my, my partner. And that's, that's how I view the world and how I view those types of relationships. Um, but otherwise it's all the same. And then same thing with family that I love. It's, it's, I try, I, it, it makes it easy for, this is just my worldview, but it makes it easy for me to love. And I love to love. I love other people very much. And so the more I narrow it down and the more equally I treat everybody, the more love I can give and the more transparent I can be, the more direct and the better the relationships flow in these manners. So, uh, I know this was just like a big, long stream of consciousness about relationships and about the dynamics of, we talked a lot about anxious attachment, but uh, overall just relationships and discomfort. That was kind of the goal of what I wanted to talk about, managing your discomfort and being in charge of your emotions and recognizing that it's all you, it's all part of you and it's all valid and there's nothing good or bad, but there is unhealthy and healthy ways to handle things. So uh, I hope this was beneficial for everyone. I'll keep making episodes and the next one will come out when it comes out. But here's my stream of consciousness and I hope you enjoy it. Peace out, everyone.